0: And what did I just say to him? <laughs> yes! Fine, he was finally aged 50. <laughs> 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 that was my Dover, Pampered. And uh, I think it was my first or second, I want to uh, announce announcement. My first or second week here, Probably the person who's my best friend, uh, his name is Chris Cook, He goes over to Christian Community Church. He and his wife came just busy, but they brought Emma's sister and her her husband, Kiki, Kiki, and Ani. And they said, oh, we'll be back, we'll be back. And then Kiki got sick with COVID. And I prayed for Kiki, I think, almost every day. I didn't really know him, to be honest, but I prayed, oh, please. So they walk in this morning, and when they come back, they bring three people. <laughs> I mean, like, we need more visitors like that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Grace. Saving church. Grace happens here. Amen. Amen. So here we go. So we're going to continue this. Did I forget anything so far? <clears throat> we're going to continue this sermon series that we're in, the song of the Lord. This is part two, and we're building it off that hymn, He Leaded that we sang earlier. But the springboard scripture text, the scripture text that we're jumping off of, it's our springboard, each week is found in Colossians 3, oh, I gotta do it. Colossians, I'm gonna get used to it, people. Colossians 3.16. Can You don't have to stand. Can we read this verse together? Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell richly come upon you, In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with gratitude in your hearts. And we learned last week that music is a powerful tool for teaching. And we learned that uh, in in the Bible, there was an Old Testament song that was used to teach the history of Israel. And Philippians 2 teach the humility of Christ and how we are to be like Him. And, And the scripture says... Teaching and admonishing through psalms and hymns. So what we're doing, this is week two. We're going to go three more weeks. And next week's hymn. Next week's hymn is Amazing Grace. Oh. Let me give you a hint of next week's sermon. Because we're not going to talk so much about saving grace. We're going to talk about sanctifying grace. For those of us who have been Christian for a long time, and we still struggle to live a holy life, what does the scripture say about that and for that romans 6 and 7 chapter what i don't want to do right i do wrong when i want to do right i do wrong when i don't want to do wrong and one that, that whole passage but amazing grace uh because grace that taught my heart to fear and grace anyways we're gonna talk about it it's gonna be good we'll be there hope you'll be there all right i also watched myself on tv this week and i waved my hands too much and the test is not becoming the minister. So I'm working on not flailing my hands all around the place. Okay, but look, we'll get there. So here we go. I told you the story of the hymn. Let's talk about how God leads us. Number one, let's see here. Whoops. First, first on your notes, God is a communicating God. When our country was founded Happy 4th of July, many of the founding fathers were deists. A deist believes in the reality of a God, but the, the analogy that they would use at those times is that God was like a clockmaker. And he, he made the clock, he wound it up, and then he walked away. And that God was not involved, in that they were not atheists, they were not agnostics, they were deists, many of the founding fathers. They did not believe that God was intimately involved in the affairs of mankind. Some did. Many didn't. We are not theists. We are not theists. We believe that God desires to be actively. Oh, are you controlling up there? No. Okay. Even intimately involved. I believe that with all my heart, and I hope I can convince you of that. That God desires to be intimately, actively involved in our lives. He desires to lead us. He does. He does, and that's where I'm hoping we'll get. But the question is, like, okay, pastor, if you say God leads us, how does he lead us? I, I kind of need you to talk to me about that. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. And it won't be long. Number one, God leads us through his word, the Bible. How does God lead us? We may need to work on this because I'm not so good at this. i um, i um, God leads us through his word. Psalm 19.105. I apologize, I'll get better at this too. <laughs> Psalm 19105. Your word's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The primary way that God leads us today is through the scriptures. The Holy Spirit quickening the scriptures. And I read this scripture this week, I just, and I added it in Psalm 1. I read this this week and I wanted to add it here. The revelation of your word brings light and gives understanding to begin the experience. I propose to you, and I know this to be true, to experience, that as the Holy Spirit Quickens the word of God as you're reading the word of God he reveals it to you it brings light unto your into your path that he will guide you and and lead you through it Psalm 23 the, the verse that inspired the hymn that we sang this morning hmm, I, I did something wrong here but it talks about how he leads me for his name's sake he leads me along the right path God will lead you along the right path our God is a communicating God. He leads us through the Bible. All right, let's go to this verse. I've been reading through 1 and 2 Corinthians and Romans and the end of Acts this week in my chronological Bible. And listen to Paul's example. My ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Jesus Christ has n- n- never been heard. Boy, this is really ugly. Has never been heard. I'm very sorry. Just well, uh, I just read the. I have been following the plan spoken of in the scriptures, where it says, "Those who have never been told about him will see, and those who have heard, never heard of him, will understand." here's what happened and that scripture comes from isaiah paul had read that passage in in his scriptures from isaiah and it talked to him about my this is how god has guided me in my ministry this is how god has led me i read this verse that my goal was to go where people have never been told about him and the holy spirit quickened it to him and said that's going to be your ministry paul was what we would have called a church planter he would go to different cities in different provinces, and different areas, and he would establish a church. Sometimes he'd stay months, sometimes he'd stay years. But that's how the, the, the Spirit of God took the Word of God and breathed life into it and quickened it to him. The next one on your notes. The Spirit of God breathes life into the Word of God, bringing direction to the people of God. The Spirit of God breathes, the King James word is quickens, brings life into the Word of God, bringing direction to the people of God. One of the scriptures that I memorized years ago is from Psalm verse, 119, verse 18 Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things from the Word. And not as a form or a ritual, but almost every morning before I read the scriptures, I pray those words. Because we need the holy spirit to breathe life into the word of god which then breathes life into us and hopefully that we can give life to other people um, in the last and i want to be careful that i don't tell too many personal stories but in the last few years while we were waiting for the lord to open up some type of traditional ministry traditional ministry and the lord would speak to me and then one day in my devotions he spoke to me through Hebrews 10.36. I don't think I'm going to be able to do this today, folks. I'm, uh, I'm very sorry. I'll, I'll get it better for next week. I'm, this is not working for me. We tried. I should have practiced. Um, Hebrews 10.36. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. And I was praying, oh, God. Those songs, how long, will God? How long, will God? How long, oh, God? How long, oh God? How long, oh God? And one day, I read this verse, and the Spirit of God breathed life into the Word of God, and He gave me strength, and it gave me grace. Patient endurance is what I needed, so that I could continue to do God's will. And then, I will receive all that He has promised. And um, we're talking about, and when we start the sermon series on Psalms, and we do the Tuesday night Bible study and, and dinner, hopefully, together, we're going to talk about how do we systematically read the Bible daily, and perhaps learn lessons on journalizing. And we're going to come and share it together. But, because you may say, uh, Pastor Carter, maybe that works for you. But the truth is, sometimes I read the Bible and I fall asleep. Have you ever fallen asleep reading the Bible? Have you ever fallen asleep praying? Have you ever fallen asleep at church? We always sit in church together, Kim and I, the last three years, and, and sometimes she had have to kick it a little bit and say, Wake up, wake up. But the Holy Spirit can take the Word and quicken it and breathe life into it. And so we're going to talk about how to do that. That's next month. God leads us through the Word of God. God leads us through, see if I can get this, the peace of God is peace or absence of it or absence of it there are times when you just know that you know that you know in your knower that god wants you to do something you don't have tangible peace but you just know it listen to this verse and this has been a wonderful verse for god has used in my life the spirit of the Lord gave them rest. In some translation it says peace. The Spirit of the Lord gave them rest. You led your people this way to make a glorious name for yourself. Isaiah 3:14. If you're praying about something, trust me. Trust me. If you're praying about something and you pray and you ask God, wait for Him. Wait for Him. I'm not good at that. I am not good at waiting. He's working on it. That last few years, that was a great lesson. Wait for him, and then he will, if you ask him, he will give you that subtle peace. You'll just know. Something's like, ah, I can't explain it. And you won't be able to explain it until you experience it. Yeah. But he leads his people with peace, with rest. You wait for him, and uh, and he will give you that sense, and you just know. It. In in 2 Corinthians 12, too, so can come up, I did it right. wait upon him. Paul was talking again, and he said – because Paul was praying about, where should I go, where should I preach, what should, should I be doing? And he said, when I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though, even though the Lord opened the door for me – the Lord opened the door, it was there – he said, I had no rest in my spirit. It just didn't feel right. Something wasn't there. And instead, I said goodbye to them and left for Macedonia. God leads us through that settled peace, that settled rest, that settled, I don't know, I I mean, I can't really explain it, but I just, I just know. If we will wait upon him now, you might say, well, Pastor partner, how do I know that the, the lack of peace is not just fear in my life? I propose to you. These verses. In Matthew chapter 7 and Luke chapter 11, Jesus said, I'll give you the verses before it, if you, being earthly fathers, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? And before it, he says, if you ask for bread, we'll give you a scorpion. If you ask for an egg, we'll give you a snake. If you ask God for something, are you going to get something bad? No. If you, being Earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to you? In the last, I propose to you, and I'm quite sure it is correct, that we can ask God to lead us, to guide us, to direct us. And if you feel that check in your spirit, so oh, I don't. Know if that's fear. Maybe you should do it. But if you ask him for bread, is he going to give you a scorpion? If you ask him for an egg, is he going to give you a snake? If you ask him to guide you to his peace or the lack of it, he's going to do it. He will. Uh, One of the first verses I learned as a teenager, long ago, from the Living Bible, was James 1.5. If you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him. And I did not make this up. This is literally what it says, James 1.5 in the Living Bible. If you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him, and he will gladly tell you. But be sure to ask in faith. I propose to you that God leads us through his word in the Bible, but you've got to be reading it. Like, oh yeah. Uh, I propose that God lead us, leads us through his peace, or lack of it. And number three on your notes, God leads us through circumstances. Through circumstances. God leads us, let's be realistic. You cannot sit around and pray and read the Bible all day. That is called being too heavenly minded for being any earthly good. You can't just sit around and pray, and, you know, unless you're a monk or somebody who lives like that. We live in a world. We've got to get up and go to work. And, and we don't have But I propose to you that God can lead us through circumstances. Through circumstances. Another example in Paul's life ministry. I've been reading Paul's life ministry this last couple of weeks. It says this. After all these long. Ma- oh, and Paul's writing to the Romans, and how bad he wants to see them. Paul is writing them, and he says, After all these years of waiting, I am eager to visit you. I'm planning to go to Spain, and when I do, I'll stop off in Rome. And after I've enjoyed your fellowship for a little while, you can provide for my journey. But before I come, I must go to Jerusalem to take a gift to the believers there. And if you're reading the Bible in the order that it happens, so Paul, after he writes this, He travels down to Jerusalem to deliver the offering that had been given by the people in Greece and Macedonia for the church in Jerusalem. But what happens there in Acts chapters 21 and 25, I put it on your notes, is that he gets arrested, and the people attack him, and he's put in prison, he's beaten, and um, it's not a pretty picture, and he doesn't get to go to Rome the way he thought he would. Instead, what happens is he's brought before first one governor. Two years pass while the governor's trying to do the politically correct thing and keep the guy nobody likes in jail. And then another governor comes up, and then he appeals to the king, and they say, oh, we'll we'll send you back to Jerusalem. Well, that's because the people were going to kill him on the way back to Jerusalem. So he said, no, 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 no. I'm a Roman citizen. I'm going to stand trial right here before the authorized person in Rome. And I go to Caesar. That was his right. He could say, I want to talk. I want to go to the Supreme Court. I want to go to the top. And as a Roman citizen, he had that right. So he was arrested, and he finally got to Rome, but not the way he planned Circumstances prohibited. And sometimes you pray about something, and you pray about something, and you pray about something, there is no light from heaven. There is no goosebumps. There is nothing. Nothing. Sometimes it's just circumstances. Uh, sometimes it's just circumstances. I'm trying to to adapt here. Go to the next one. Oh, that was another one. That was a circumstance where it did open up. There was a wide-open door of ministry. He didn't know if he should stay or go, but a wide-open door of ministry for a great work, and he stayed on there for longer. God leads us to others especially other believers. And that's one reason it's so important to be in relationship with other Christians in church, that they can, they, they can speak into your lives, that they can speak into your lives, and they can guide you. Just come to church on Sunday morning, and, well, God can use the pastor, and that's the whole way that he does that occasionally, but, but sometimes it's other people. Sometimes it's a Christian book you're reading. It can be a variety of things, but God will speak into your life through other believers. Hebrews chapter 10 says, let us watch out for one another and provoke one another in love. Let's stir each other up. Let's speak into each other's lives, not neglecting to get together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. I'll give you two or three examples, okay? Early on in my three years before coming here when I was in a holding pattern to return to ministry and I was teaching eighth grade East Uh, I was reading a book called You'll Get Through This by Max Lucado, a great Christian author. If you've never read anything by Max Lucado, he's a great Christian author. He's a great storyteller. If you like stories, he's your man. And I read this book called You'll Get Through This, and I actually wrote it down in my journal. I believe, this is my journal, I believe that the God of all eternity, the communicating God, speaks to you. Write it down. And you know i'm going to talk about this next month in our wednesday night tuesday night bible study group but because i guarantee you that the spirit of god quickens the word of god and leads you as the people of god a person of god there's going to be a time later that you're going to refer back to it and uh so i i'm kind of big on that but um when i wrote in my journal a quote from that book november 3rd 2019 god's delays are deliberate He orders our steps and our stops, and I was on a stop, and I needed someone to speak into my life and say, God's God's delays are deliberate. He orders our steps and our stops. On June 20th, 2020, he uh, uh, spoke into my life through a Christian that said, this is the time for service, not self-centeredness. Cancel the pity party. love the people God brings to you and share the message God gives to you, you know? He spoke to me through another Christian brother and said, while you wait, God works. It's like, if you're in relationship with people, if you're in relationship with other Christians, your spouse. It's amazing how much the voice of God sounds like hymns to me. But uh, (laughs) he he clearly spoke to me. Early on, also, another one that guided me, I was attending a very large church, and so a guest preacher came, and he said, Until God opens a door, dance in the hallway. Oh. <laughs> i hung on to that one for three years. That was early in my experience. Until God opens a door, dance in the hallway. And I kind of learned that it wasn't easy, but he, he helped me a lot. Conclusion. Leading happens best in relationship. Leading happens best in relationship. I promise you, God will lead you. I promise you. I promise you. I've known him a long time. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will direct you. I promise you. I promise you. But it happens best in relationship. I can call him. And with the first hello i know it's a good day or a bad day because we've been married that long. uh i and when you're in a relationship with people you know uh, when we were in china when we were in china uh, there was a circumstance that came it was called hurricane maria and much much of our support just fell through was gone and the voice of god through him Who said basically very nicely and very sweetly and very wonderfully you know, honey, I followed you for 38 years around the world. I'd like to be with my grandbabies and my babies. And she was right. She followed me around the world and it was time for me to go where she wanted to go. And for me, that was the voice of God. And I was in relationship with her. And so now she trusts me. And she's leaving her babies again and coming to Rico for a period of time. We know each other, we trust each other, we're in relationship with each other. And I propose to you that leading from God happens best in relationship. Uh, I'm talking to Christian people here this morning. And next week's sermon is really decided for Christians about how we struggle with sin and sanctifying grace. But are you in relationship with Jesus Christ? An intimate relationships. Not just church. You know, just because you go to church does not mean you're in relationship with Jesus. Just because you go to McDonald's does not make you a hamburger. <laughs> it's a relationship where you created your life to Jesus Christ. Where you prayed a prayer that said, God, I know I sinned. I've done wrong. I need you to forgive me, to take charge of my life. I believe Jesus son, he died, and he rose again, and you enter into a relationship with him, and you spend time in his word, you spend time with his people, you spend time in prayer, he will lead you, and I would be honored to talk to anyone about that, if you have questions about it, uh, to talk to you about this intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, and how fitting it is that on a day when we end with leading happens best in relationship, that we celebrate communion together. The first Sunday of each month at Second Union Church, we have the privilege of celebrating Holy Communion together. Did everyone receive uh, the Communion Elements when you came in? Is there (coughs) anyone who's missing and would like to receive? Well, we have one right up there. I I have two. Lord's Supper is a time when reminded, we are reminded of the great sacrifice of Jesus Christ and what he has done to bring us into relationship with himself. In your bulletin, you'll notice, it says communion liturgy. Now you all know I'm a Baptist and Pentecostals, we don't have liturgies. you know. And so, being honest, again this week I did some research on liturgy. What is it with liturgy? I mean, how did the church come up with liturgy? And for those of you who don't know, I'll give you a... a, a, a you're right. A What's, I know the word in Spanish. I know the word in English. A summary. A summary of, of uh, liturgy. Liturgy is a structured worship in order the church developed hundreds of years ago Many believe under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, not to be confused with the inspiration of the scriptures. Two, and this is the purpose of liturgy, if you go back to its origin, to quicken the mind, to energize the body, and awaken the soul. Communion is one of those times when we come together and we have a liturgy. When we have an order in this church, we have an order of worship that we follow. And its purpose is to quicken the word, to energize the body, to quicken the mind, energize the body, and awaken the soul. And we have the honor this morning of partaking in a Holy Communion together. And you don't know what an honor it is until it's taken away. Uh, talk to someone who lived in China for seven years. You don't know what an honor it is to celebrate the body of Christ and remember the Lord's suffering and passion you until you don't have it anymore. So we are going to participate um, and we're going to follow the liturgy. Everybody got their paper. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and As the Apostle Paul writes, For I received from the Lord what I also cast unto you. Jesus, on the, Lord the, of the tree, bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, You This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, you took the This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the until he And there is a word of admonition here. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Silent prayer. And it's time for you to talk with Him and to examine your hearts. I mean, we've already done it, but we'll do it again and to uh, quietly, Lord, is there anything You want to work in my life, or maybe You want to tell Him, Lord, I need Your grace, I need Your strength, work in my life. Let's take about one minute in prayer.